I got a joke. What? Why was the green pepper bad at archery? I don't know. Because he didn't habanero. And I'm Riaz Mohammed. In today's episode of Culture Crushes Talent, we'll talk about implementing culture changes and talk student leadership teams. All right, we're on. Okay, hello. Welcome back to week two of season two. We're going to try to be consistent. And by try, I mean it's probably not going to happen, but we're going to try our best. It'll be close, I think. Yeah. So, how's it been going? Uh, not too bad. We're six days into the school year. Um, things are cranking along. It's still hot outside. The AC's not cranking. Because it's broken. So the way, the way we have things set up here at Coppell is Kim has her own office. And all the assistants, um, the plethora of assistants, share like an office suite. And my desk is set up next to Brandon's. This is a quick story. Uh, and we all know it's hot in our office, but Mr. Slovak, over the summer, got this clock device. It's that's, gigantic. Yeah. It's like 11 by 17. Um, and he's going to argue it's not, but we love you, Brandon. Um, but there sure is like a little thermometer on there. Mm-hmm. And every time I walk into our office, it's a minimum of 78 degrees. Mm-hmm. The last time I looked at it this morning, it was 78.7. Yeah. And what's funny is that I have these controls in my office that control the air in their office. Which is about 50, 100 feet away. But doesn't control the air in mine. And I don't have any air. Yeah, there's nothing flowing. because Yeah, nothing nothing is happening as far as air is concerned. So and this is going to be an episode in the sauna. <laughs> Very zen. <laughs> It's very zen. <laughs> Listen, I know I I tend to complain a lot about the little things, but I'm tired of being hot. I'm hot inside. I'm hot outside. I'm hot in the car. <laughs> I was talking to my dear friend, my coward, yeah. on the way in, and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I just went to the gym, and then I decided, what's the point of trying to like get myself together? Oh. Because yeah. I'm literally going back into a hot box. Yeah. Is that what it's called? A sauna? A sauna. An easy bake oven? All the things, because we'll go into our indoor later because it's too hot, Yeah. but there's no fans there, and so you just kind of sit in your sweat, uh, and then eventually we might get to go outside tonight, and then it'll be maybe a hot again, so we'll see, but anyhow, we're, we're adjusting. We're not complaining. We're just letting you know what our life story is these days. <laughs> Via complaining. Via complaining. <laughs> um, let's discuss... Um, yesterday and how nothing could go right for either of us. Oh my God. I'll start with me. Okay. Yeah, so that's I, a good idea. I, I get in in the morning and I don't know about anyone else, but, um, I think it's really kind of important to have a computer that will work and internet that will work. Right. Oh, I can add to this. Keep going. And so anyhow, we did have tech down here last week. They did set up my computer 
um, and the internet, they fixed all the internet issues, right? But then they were like, hey, you guys all have to upgrade. We said, okay, great. I went to upgrade. They started it for me, and I said, just let it finish. And I said, okay. And then I noticed yesterday morning it still hadn't finished. And so I clicked it again, and it says it needs to install. And then it says your wait time is 59 minutes. So I went and did something else that didn't require a computer. Um, and then it went to restart, and it said this could take up to 90 minutes. So I went to a biology classroom and visited with some teacher friends because I just, you know, what else am I going to do these days? Um, and I answered emails on my phone and all these other kind of things. And then I come back uh, just before lunch and it had restarted. And then it said again, click to continue. And I clicked to continue. And then it went another hour. Um, then it restarted. And then it said, this will take 90 minutes. And so then I started teaching class. And then I got back from class. I looked at it and it said continue. And then it started to click the 90 minute thing again. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so I don't even know if it's in compliance or not. Uh, but that was my, I listened. So I didn't have a computer and I just, you know. I didn't have a work computer for three weeks. How did people not have what? Riot? I don't know. I mean, wide world paper i mean what did they use i mean like we take technology for granted, for granted. Yes. so much because i was i was crippled yesterday Hasht- because i could not do my work work hashtag first world problems it is like talk about when you're trying to scan a stands tune for class and usually it takes 30 seconds for it to email from the printer to your computer right but yesterday it took two hours long so that was yesterday during the day. During the day. And so mm. I was a little bit irritated as we got into night block. <laughs> and I was trying to deal with the heat. And so I gave you one instruction. What was that instruction? Uh, go go up in the stadium and set up, which I did. Took the drum majors out there, too. Yeah. Um, however, our lock situation wasn't the greatest. So you remember how I told... <laughs> I told a story a while ago about uh, a key being broken in the door. Yeah. It happened again. And of course, you already know this, but it friggin' happened again. We put the key inside the lock for the stadium, and first of all, the key wouldn't go in. And I, ha- I checked three times. Is this the right stinking key? Yes, it's the right key. So the key goes finally goes in. Key would not turn. And like, as the adult, I got way too frustrated with it way too quickly. Uh-huh. And I was like, I give up. And one of the drum majors comes up, and he's like, I got it. And so he tries. And all I hear is, oh. And I look over. And he's just holding my key ring with the, like, head of the key. Mm-hmm. The stem of the key, however, yep. is still in lock. So it's not his fault. It was not intentional. But I sure did let you have it a little bit. Well, the only thing you yelled at, you yelled at me for was, you need to call the athletic director right now. And when I tell you, <laughs> everything in my body clenched. <laughs> I'm not taking this one. Out. Yeah, it's fine. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I mean, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> but thankfully, he was he was cool about it. He's like, yeah, I'll just put in a work order. It's fine. Uh, but then some of the staff thought they could get it out. Oh, my God. I sat there and watched two of our staff members try to pry the 
the the key out of the lock with some needle nose pliers. I'm like, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> This is not the most efficient process right now. <laughs> and you're missing rehearsal yeah. by thinking you can fix it. That's yeah, fine. So anyhow, those are our two days of... Uh, two days? That was just one? Oh, shoot. You're right. It's only, <laughs> it's only Tuesday. Okay. Sorry. Uh-huh. My apologies on that one. But anyhow, that, that's what we've been going through. Little little things. You know, uh, this is the year of flexibility for us. Yep. Little things become big things. They do, especially when you break locks. <laughs> that's not funny. I'm just saying. Um, okay, so th- in today's episode, we're going to talk about how cult- culture can crush talent any day. And yeah. I, I truly believe that um, you can have the most talented kids in the world, but if you don't have a good culture, it'll never function. I mean, yeah. You know. So let's talk a little bit about of, of, of what we decided to do this year in terms of culture. Because we're in, you know, this is officially our year three here three. at Cuphell. And that's right when you can start, you know, you'd make slow, steady adjustments, you know, in when you take over a program, mm-hmm. I would advise, you know, slow, steady uh, adjustments on in the first year or two. And then on third year, if if you think that they're bought in enough, that's when you can start the implementation of the turning of the ship or the redirection of mm-hmm. the ship or whatever it is that um, you you want to use as your pun or whatever it is. Um, and so this year we decided that it was time for us to introduce something that we keep very dear to our hearts, which is the quote to all those who enter your subject to the relentless refining process of music through uncompromising standards. So let's just talk about that phrase for a little bit and how it came about. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know the exact uh, origin of the story itself, but um, like through you and through Bruce, I know that it came from. It's it's. I don't know if it's currently there, but it hung in the band hall at Michigan, right, with Ravelli, with the Ravelli, Ravelli quote. <clears throat> yeah, so that came from William Ravelli, and um, at some point, I guess Bruce walked in there and saw it. He was there for some type of c- clinic, or um, I can't remember what it was, but that it just fascinated him. Mm-hmm. And it resonated with him, so he took that to, back to South Carolina with him. Right, in Irmo. Yeah. Um, and he implemented it there at Irmo, and eventually it started to, to kind of spread. And I, I feel like even up till recently, it kept spreading, because I know a couple years ago, um, you and Bobby Lambert at Wando mm-hmm. were talking about it, and he has... He now has that poster hanging in his wall. He's had it. Banner. He had it uh, when he took over Wando. It uh-huh. was in there because Scott Rush had put it there. Was that like 15, 16, somewhere in there? I don't know. Yeah. And um, and so I went and he said, can you just explain the story? Because when Bruce passed, a lot of people put it up hmm. because that was just that's just how we remembered Bruce um, was that he lived by this quote. Like if you were to embody anything in that quote it was him he was relentless and he it sounds like it yeah he was relentless but in a, a wonderful way you know even though it was tough at the time and he refined i mean you, he could clean a band like you wouldn't believe right mm. and he had uncompromising standards he had kids accountable to be their best self and if you weren't he let you know it you know he expected a lot of you expected a lot of the staff you know but he used music. That was the whole thing. The of music is interchangeable in our life because there may be a day that we are not in band and that quote can still live in for what we're doing. You know, it could be 
of accounting. It could be of physics. It could be whatever. Of anything. Yeah. Of anything that you want to actually put your passion into. Um, and so we lived by that. And when he passed in 2011, um, the staff, because it used to sit in the old Bowie Band Hall. Yeah. It was gigantic. So in the old Bowie Band Hall, it hung. It, I I don't even remember the dimensions, but like as big as possible. It was 20 by 10. Um, <laughs> I helped it with it. So it, yeah, so it was it was like wood lettering, and the background was painted on there, and it hung right above the conductor's head. So like the, you couldn't the, miss it. Yeah, exactly. It was the obvious thing when you walked into the room, and when I was student teaching with you, like that is one of the first things I noticed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this must be serious because of the like just the sheer size of it. And it just became, even after you left, it still was ingrained as part of the culture of Bowie Band. It just it just became a thing. Now, obviously, the meaning has changed when, you know, the instructors change or um, being so far away from Bruce's death. Because it, it seems like, like listening to stories from you, that's what that 2011 band latched onto. Mm-hmm. And that was the driving factor for them. Yeah, it was, we just couldn't <clears throat> let it go. Yeah. You know, um, I hear them playing now. Long tones. Yeah. Long tones. Um, anyhow, so it, it's one of those things that, you know, he used to describe it as his, it's just his being, mm-hmm. you know. And when he left, I, myself along with Stephen and Ryan, we just knew that we had to stick together and maintain the culture. And the way to do that was to celebrate the quote and to live by the quote more than we ever had before. I think that's what it was. And we were to take that on as that becomes us, I think. And I took a lot of responsibility, I, whether it was asked of me or I chose that responsibility of really trying to be that next version mm. of to all those who enter for the program. And I didn't do everything the way that Bruce did it, but, you know, he taught me a foundation and he always said to me, um, One day when he's gone, he's gone and you can't be me, but you can remember me and then be yourself. And so I just keep, I think about that still to this day of don't try to be like him, but, you know, remember and honor him in my own way of how, how I do it. And so, um, we get to year three here. And the band is, um, I think they're bought in on top of, yeah. of the way that we kind of like things to go and how they will and like them to progress. I thought it was time to introduce them to the quote and actually explain why it was so important. So I sat down with the kids and I talked about yep. Bruce and I talked about that 2011 and, uh, and how we grew from that and what we learned from that and all of that stuff. So um, I just really tried to let them understand that um, it was a vulnerability thing for you and I in particular for sharing oh, yeah. something which some people won't ever understand, but something so special about to all those who enter. Um, it is a constant reminder to me. You know, I see it. And so we gave the kids wristbands mm-hmm. that say to all those who enter and any band, any day that's a band day, they've got to have it on because they need the constant reminder. reminder. Yeah. And it's, when they're in math class, it's it's when they're in English, it's when they're in AP, you know, chem or whatever it is, that they are held to a different standard because they get to they get to be a part of to all those who enter, you know. 
So I think that's really special. And I think it's actually kind of helped change the culture a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, when you had that conversation with them in the gym, with the entire program, basically, um, you could just feel the room feel a little bit different. Yeah. Um, Just like the kids were really bought into that moment and they were paying attention. And I think um, like I can I hear them talking about the accountability thing a lot because Mm -hmm. of it. So I think, uh, at least on the ground level, it's affected them somewhat to right. to where they're starting to understand the direction we're trying to go with culture. I think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of backstory a little bit is so we did the two all those who enter on that buoy wall, right? Mm-hmm. And then as I started to take over the marching band, oh nine to oh ten, Bruce says, "Do you want a quote?" And so oh, that's how Aristotle yeah. got up there. Uh huh. Over the as exit you door. exit. Yeah. As a reminder, when you leave here, you have to make good choices that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence. So is not an act. It's a habit mm-hmm. at that point. And so I, I chose that quote. And so that's why they look alike, because that was him and I trying to create our own little mottos as we go through. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, yeah, you you talked about it, and um, through the renovations at Bowie recently, I made sure and I talked to the architects who was building the new facility. I was right. like, "You guys have, you my only request is that you cut that out of the they wall. They didn't cut it out and move it over. So they started to cut it, and they couldn't remove it in one single piece. So it just broke on them. So eventually, we just pulled the letters off the sheetrock mm-hmm. and. Uh, put them away to be put up later. I don't know if it has been put. I back hear up, they're working but, on it. Okay, I've, no clue. I heard that they're working on it, but that could be totally false. Yeah, I don't know. So anyhow, that's kind of how we're. That's the culture that we're working on right now is through that quote and what that quote means and how that transfers to our everyday activities, but also how it transfer transfers to our leadership in leading. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, moments that we've been most impressed with the culture and maybe some that we've had to address? Well, I mean, culture-wise, the first thing that sticks out is watching some of our student leaders teach the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was choreo. Chris Galbraith is great. He he does choreo for us. Um, and he classic records videos and puts them on a drive for us to share. So we decided, well, we didn't decide. We needed to teach some choreo. And it was going to be you you and me, uh-huh. ride or die. <laughs> ride or die. We were going to teach this. Now, could you just imagine? It's kind of like that episode of Happy Feet, I think, or that movie in Happy Feet where we're trying You're to teach people. We're penguins. I'm saying we are larger, maybe than that. Uh, larger than life. Yes, maybe the hippos and the uh, don't they swim in the pool or something in Fantasia? Are you okay? I'm just trying to equate what it would look like if we had done all there's that a, there's ourselves. There's an analogy in there somewhere. I just... it. We were to, scared. Let's to, just say we were scared. To an outsider, just walking into our classroom, watching me and you try to teach choreo, it, laughable. So we got smarter yes. during, during between, the, tw- between the classes because yes, we had lunch. The, the upper the upper two bands. So like, we, okay, we no. texted a couple of them and said, you need to eat lunch fast and get to and the band get hall. Because I need your help ASAP. It was true. And they took it very yes. seriously. They eat in like five. I was like, did you digest yet? And they're like, no. Nope. Um, so a couple of them came in during the back end of lunch and they learned the choreo very quickly. Um, and 
our band president and one of the clarinet section leaders kind of just I don't know how it happened, but they it just started taking took over. over. Yeah, because I was watching them in class as we we're going. I was like, I can't keep doing this. There's no way I can't demonstrate. <laughs> My knees pop. <laughs> yes. So but I, I just liked the how they. I mean, like we just showed them the video, and we didn't even tell them that they were teaching. No. And they just jumped. They just did it. All of them together. I will yeah. say, all of them all together said, "How about we do it this way? Let's let's determine." They first said, "Let's determine who's an A and who's a B." Yeah. Like they literally. We just pl- pressed play, and then they didn't then they need us anymore. they talking over me. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking And now. so I just started giggling in the corner because I was like, I'm not doing anything yeah. now. But seriously, like watching these two teach and— Well, watching I, all of them, but those two in particular, I said, did Yeah, those two. Uh, master teachers for their age. Yeah. Like they—I— I, I can't describe to you how good it was, but I want to back up a couple of weeks to leadership camp mm-hmm. where we had just talked about the idea of ownership mm-hmm. and them taking on more. And <clears throat> I told them, you know, throughout the season, I'm going to like give you more things to do and put more on your plate. So even outside now, I'm like, OK, when you when you say field, I'll pull a section and say, OK, run this. And I'm not doing anything. I'm observing and detailing, but I'm letting them claim ownership of that. And that's what was happening in class. And the like call and response, the asking questions, the repetition, the like clarification of instructions, they were doing all the things. And it, it was just really great to watch because <clears throat> the class understood what those two kids were trying to do. Right. Yeah. And, and they paid attention. Praise, yeah. Even praising them in the class also helped. So I think it's it's definitely in that aspect trending in the right direction. And I us. think the the you know, we put the bees in a different room yeah. and just checked on them. We split choreo A and B. A and B. And then we put the bees in the room in this other room and those guys just did yep. they went to town because when they came out to do it together, they didn't have trouble. No. Like everyone knew what they were supposed to do. And so I, I just think on, on that level, that was the, I, because I, I'm looking for signs of like, can we push a little more? Mm-hmm. That was the first time I thought yes. we can push more. Yeah. And with the younger class, yes, I personally struggled um, to teach choreo because artistry and movement like that, obviously not my forte. I've come to learn that and I'm totally okay with it. But then we it. got into night block and they just started they just teaching again. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like, hey, let's set this up and do this. And we didn't even ask those guys to lead it. They just started rehearsing them. Yeah. And I will say from the younger band aspect, that's not ideally something that I would do to pick student leaders in that class mm-hmm. because they're also younger. But what I started to do was pinpoint those who are doing it well and right. use them as like a point of demonstration. So I'm not necessarily letting them teach, but I'm letting the ensemble know that these are the people that you should look like, look at for clarification. On. Yeah, and they know the answer. Yes. So like they can clarify. And so I thought that was really great. And as we, you know, we see choreography issues, I certainly go, you know, like last night, I saw some bees having some trouble because they hadn't been there. Yeah. And I just co- pulled one of the B leaders and I said, hey, you need to teach. You yeah. need to go teach this. And they were super thorough. Yeah. And then when I said, hey, you have to move on. He was like, really? I was like, yes, but thank you. Yeah. You know, and you'll have something else to do. And, and so I'm really I would say I'm really impressed with that aspect of the kind of the turning of the tide of the ownership part of it. Yeah. Um, I also think that our drum majors are doing a spectacular job. 
they're a little bit of a mess when it comes to the physical metronome part itself. But I mean, what drum <laughs> but they apologize every yeah, yeah, single yeah. time. They're, they they have been great. Um, they're forward thinking constantly. Uh, I think our head drum major is doing a really good job of, you know, taking the lead and not only taking the lead and making sure things are get done, but it seems like she's teaching the others what to do and what to expect and how to right. anticipate. So I've never felt that the drum majors were unprepared this year. There's yeah. been a couple times, but nothing nothing serious. Um, but yeah, they're knocking it out of the park. And uh, I, I, I told her last night on the podium, I was like, don't be afraid to hold them accountable. Um, and that was for that particular rehearsal. I don't think that's been a constant thing. Yeah. Um, she's really great about towing the line between friends versus when we have to get the job done. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of her strong suits. Yeah, and I uh, just the drum majors <clears throat> in general, I have, you know, we we discussed when we chose 5, would that be hard to manage? Mm-hmm. But I think especially the two vets that have already done it before. I think, you know, both of them are really doing a great job of guiding the mm-hmm. younger ones for when it's their turn to kind of be leader, leader of the pack kind of thing. Um, but I also think that the camaraderie between them. Oh, yes. um, they're working much, as a team. They work as a team. They communicate as a team. Um, I think that they approach it from a level of kindness, Yep. which I think is really important about um, leadership sometimes. Uh, what are you laughing at? No, I'm. I was thinking about last night. Um, there was a certain instance where you asked them to come over, give them instructions. They're like, "Now let's go," and they're always like chomping at the bit to yes. get to the next thing. When they don't, <laughs> it's it's funny sometimes because they don't have all the information, but they're just always ready to go. Yeah, which like, which are we I going like. Now? Yeah. I was like, right now, no. you want us to go now? What about I said, now? come here so we can <laughs> chat. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's, they're super cute. <laughs> My, I will say my favorite part of the day sometimes is um, taking them back from the field. Oh, I will say that is a good time. Yeah, so we'll put them on the golf cart with us, and they'll tow the cart behind us with all the speakers, and they'll Bluetooth music phones to the speaker and just crank some music. So I, I think that's a good it's, thing yeah. for the band, too. Yeah. Like, they see it, and it's not everything has to be so serious. heavy yes. and serious. You know, we just, can have a lightness about what job. we do. That's it. Yeah, so make sure the jobs get done. I I think on that aspect that we've really done. Now we have had to, in general, have talks with the leadership about the toughness. Yes. Could you try again? Siri just went off. Technology. Be quiet. <laughs> um. Anyhow, we had to have a talk about the seriousness of of what we're trying to establish with the culture of the accountability and the ownership and the responsibility piece that it means and that leadership is sometimes a very lonely Mm -hmm. place and you don't always feel like you're making a difference but you will make a difference in the long run it's a marathon not a sprint Mm -hmm. when it comes to leadership sometimes you're on your own little island right and so we've had you know slip-ups in the leadership team that maybe have not made the best choices and I think in the, la- in the last two years, I was a little bit more re- relaxed probably in the response to it because I was still trying to feel out were they Where really the going to accept yeah. the re- true responsibility. But this year when we all made that decision that we were going to respect it and we were going to push towards it, I have been on them 
about yeah. ownership and responsibility and making good choices and remembering that you are an example of who we are as a group, as an organization. And so we've had to discuss that a couple of times. Um, not near as many as last year. No, 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 no. But it's not so much like a widespread thing. Um, I think the, co- the rhetorical question that I asked the most on the floor is why are you not XYZ? Like, why are you not holding accountable? Why are you letting them chat? Why are you letting them walk back to the set? You know that that's not the expectation. And a lot of times when, when a group of kids aren't meeting the expectation, I go to that leader first. Right. Because they're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's, it's, it's not moving as fast as I'd like it to, but they're slowly starting to understand what that's actually like. Our rehearsals have definitely changed. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, I In mean, a positive direction. Yeah. And part of that, I will say, also comes from a little bit of outside help from Joni Perez. Um, right. She was here a couple of weeks ago and she... She comes in two weeks. I know. It's on my calendar. Right. Um, but she's great about just assessing the systems and processes that, that we, we have. have. Uh-huh. and Elevating them. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully we're friends, but she's not afraid to call us out on that. And I don't feel offended because... At the end of the day, like, it's just to make us better. And I know some people take offense to the feedback. Yeah, sometimes. that's not the purpose. I always, <laughs> listen, we're we're good friends. And I, when she's like, hey, let's talk about this. I'm always like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Because oh. like, I don't want to ever disappoint her. Oh, every time she's coming, I was like, oh, uh, I have to get my stuff together. I was, <laughs> last spring, I had to send her some recordings because she couldn't, her schedule couldn't pan out to come out. And I was like, oh my God, I have to send her recordings. And when I hit send, I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. I am so nervous. That just lets you know, Joni, how much we respect you. <laughs> yes, we love you. We don't want to let you down. Correct. Um, and so that's just part of the process. But I, I, I do think that on the culture aspect that we are turning a really good way. Yeah. Um, it is hard at first because it's different. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're having to teach them if that's because it's new, because it's different. They don't understand what all aspects of the thing you're trying to get them to do like what that aspect is. So along the way, you're going to have to teach and guide them. And it's it's going to be a little bit tedious in the beginning. But like I said, it's trending in the right direction. But I think so. Every time I feel like this is going to sound super lame, uh-huh. but like I fall in love with the band more and more as they just start to understand. Mm-hmm. Like I listen, I love my job. I've said that a bazillion times, but I really love this group making this change. So I think this is going to be a very special group of in our organization, leadership wise, senior class wise. I think it'll be two if we figure out if we figure out movement too. Yeah, if we can figure out how to march it, we'll be great. You know, but um, uh, but I will say, not everything is all sunshines and rainbows. No, not all the time. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they are still kids, and sometimes as the adult in front of these kids it's hard to understand that at times Uh because they do so well when they slip up it's like oh my god not again right um and it's but it's becoming less and less oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it is becoming less and less which is that's why i say what i said is that like they're starting to really really get it and you know my mom used to say to me I can remember it very vividly in the kitchen of our house when I was about 16 years old. 
and I just made Allstate Band again. Yeah. And um, she said, Kimberly, sometimes people, you can't explain the it when it comes to music. And you either have it or you don't. And then if you're lucky enough to be surrounded by people that get it, it'll it'll change things for you. And so this is kind of where I think about that. I do think about that a lot, how she said that to me. like Because she said I had a gift and I needed to make sure that I didn't take for granted the gift. Mm-hmm. But I had to work hard in order to get the gift to be maximized, right? Talent could only take me so far. And so I think about that in my daily teaching and I think about that as I build relationships, as I work with staff and I work with students about like, do you have the ability to have it? This IT, that's, you know, it just has quotations around it because I don't know that I could describe it, but I do feel that with this group of kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested to see what we are capable of. Um, Taking a quick left turn, it's not on our document here to talk about but um one thing that's also helped was the addition of an impact crew yeah as far as culture goes and what that really is is they're like the social chairs of the organization so um like once every couple of weeks they 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 are in charge of putting together like an outside social activity to to bring the kids together to do something other than band um they'll also they're they've also been doing like section of the week they're in charge of that and overseeing members of the week members of the day things like that so just trying to uh, reinforce the culture aspect and the social aspect of the organization what we do right last thing on on this part of it of the culture piece that i that i think that we really are starting on is the alumni visited mm-hmm. visits um it was there so were. great to see so many alumni yeah last so last monday we had our um Preview parent preview yeah. yeah so where we played everybody played something um for for the community and um in the last two years this has been the largest crowd of alumni mm-hmm. that have come by and people have been trickling in and out f- through summer rehearsals before they go back to school but it, it was cool to just look around and see all these familiar faces mm-hmm. in the audience it was great it was yeah. like that was that warmed my heart a lot is we gonna do good to do it so um, advice now that we would give in building the culture, um, maybe some books. I, I'll give you some books that I encourage kids to read that I've read myself that I think, you know, have good application to anything that they choose to do. Um, some of my favorite books are The Culture Code. That's one of my favorites. I made mm-hmm. the staff read that, yeah? Yeah. We read that. Yeah, last year. The Talent Code, which is the other part of this, is like how to break through to kids on how you get through the wall of is this good enough or can I do more? Um, Extreme Ownership. I think you and I read that book together. Yes. While it is very ago. intense because it talks about the war, um, the lessons in every single chapter can be transferred to to anything anything that you're doing in life um i read this one you haven't read this you win in the locker room first and that's the basics of it has to be the practices it has to be everything before the main activity so how do you put that culture together and then um a book that my old principal at one of my old schools said he said let's read small acts of leadership what small things can we do to make larger impacts on our communities 
And so those would be the the books I would recommend you as a director maybe read, but also um, any students that are listening that are, are like they know that they want to lead something one day or they they want to be in the field that does manage people or it is going they're going to have to do that. It's a good stepping stone um, to be able to do that. So what about you? What advice would you give? Because I kind of put Rhea's in charge of leadership this year. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they are children. Um, so they'll do what they what they want to do at the end of the day. But as as the person in charge of them or as the person standing in front of them, it's just important to, like, I would create checkpoints for yourself. Like, are they responding the way you want them to respond? If no reassess the thing that you're doing maybe you're not communicating clearly maybe it's something that the kids aren't seeming to understand Um, but whatever you want that end goal for your team to be I would say just create those checkpoints along the way and make sure they're they're on the right track because it's it's your job as the educator to kind of guide the direction and you're like I said earlier you're going to have to end up helping them more often than not in the beginning and eventually, like year two, year three, they'll start to get the idea and the general membership will understand what that looks like from an outside perspective. So when they come into that inner circle of the leadership team, they kind of already understand how it's supposed to flow. Right. So it just becomes easier for you to teach them at the end of the day. And I think on the director side of it, um, let them tell you if that. Oh, yes. That if they don't understand you. Because I have kids, what, what did you say? Like, or um, Michelle's with, you gave the wrong instructions. I mean, I did that in the field the other night. Oh, last night you said it was September 21st. It was definitely August 21st. I looked at Lindsay and we giggled. But then I also gave a wrong page number. Oh, yes. And then <laughs> she, she turns around, or I, I think I heard a mellow yell at me like, what page? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, and I, that's okay for me. I don't mind messing up in front of the kids. And that is a mental thing that we've got to get past yeah. as leaders is that we are not perfect. No, mistakes are going to happen. It's fine. And it's okay. If they see that you're human and that it happens and that it's okay and you just recover from mm-hmm. it, I think that's really important. And um, one of the honest things that I asked them is, what can we do to make your jobs easier? Right. And they, At the end of the day, they will sit there, look you in the eye and tell you the truth. Yeah. That comes with trust, though. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is that I trust those kids. Mm-hmm. You trust those kids. They and I trust feel like us. they trust us. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really Just important. buy-in. Yes. But anyhow, that's what we've got today. Yep. We hope that everyone is surviving this treacherous marching season. Um, those. And at if, least those in Texas. At least those in Texas, for sure. <laughs> um, and... We're just, everybody's just trying their best. And I think we all just remember that and take everything with a grain of salt. Yep. All right. We hope you have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Uh, So did you hear about the new Lego store opening up down the street? No. Yeah. There there were people lined up for blocks. You're dumb. (laughs) Okay. You want the other one? Cool.